Good day, good day. I'm, my name is Deacon Tom Burke, and I'm here at St. Joe's Evangelization Network. We also call it St. Joe's Radio. And it's so wonderful to be here today with you for another episode of The Stones Will Cry Out. Many of you may remember that when, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, this is before, right before his passion, and people were laying down palms and saying, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisee came to Jesus as they would. They complain all the time to him. And they came to him and they said, Jesus, tell them to be quiet. And he said, if I tell them to be quiet, the stones will cry out. And so that's kind of how we feel, don't we, in this, in this world where there's so much things that try to distract us. So many times in this world, we feel like we're pulled in a, in a way that keeps us from giving glory to God. We need to come and say, Lord, what's on your heart for my heart so that the stones will cry out? You know, that's something that didn't just stop with, with uh, Jesus when he died on the cross. He wanted all of us, and afterwards, Peter, Pentecost, received the Holy Spirit. That's a spirit we all get at, at, at baptism. And when he got that Holy Spirit, he said, in 1 Peter 3.15, he said, always be ready to give an explanation for your hope. So today, uh, it's my pleasure to be here and talk to Shelly Horrocks. Shelly and I have talked briefly before, and she said, I've got something that the Lord has put on my heart that I think if people heard it, they'd get closer to him. I, I, if, and if I don't say it, the stones will cry out. <laughs> I kind of, I the, the Lord highlighted you to me, Shelly. Uh, sometimes people come up to me and they say, I've just got to tell you something. But the Lord turned to me and said, Shelly's just got to tell you something. So maybe, maybe you could, uh, could, could uh, tell us a little about yourself. We know each other from St. Joseph's Church in Cottleville, Missouri. But maybe you could tell us a little bit about what, how did it come about that the Lord put such a great thing on your heart? I think um, I was born cradle Catholic. My family's uh, converts to the Catholic Church. But um, I just feel like the Lord is crying out because he saved me and he can save others. And maybe if someone hears my story, they'll not lose hope. Well, I've heard a little bit of your story, and it is very hopeful. And it mm -hmm. also has a kind of an inclination that, you're, that you had a, 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 a pull from God to say yes, and you gave a little yes, and it was like you opened a fire hose. So tell me, <laughs> how, uh, how, how, did, how, did, how did this, and, and this is a good fire hose, right? Yes, this is a, it's a good, good fire hose. Okay. How did that fire hose come on for you? Um, I had a conversion in 2009 from my uh, my savage ways, <laughs> and uh, God just really called me to just follow him. Since then, it's been a journey, and um, before that, I really didn't have a relationship with God, and I didn't know who he was. I knew I went to church, and it was all like a mechanical thing. I didn't believe in the Eucharist, and um, I didn't believe in the presence of God. I just went to church because that's what Catholics are supposed to do. And after my conversion, I fell in love with Jesus. And I just love Jesus so much. And I want to love others in an act of charity because I love God what, and he loves me. What was it like for you when you were a spectator? There was no, um, it was just, there was no emotion there, but now I have so much emotion connected with God. Like, I have a personal relationship with God now. Before, it was just like, it was just church. 
you know. Well, it wasn't was, like it wasn't like beam me up, Scotty. Somebody had to at least given you a little bit of a hint before to bring you along. They, and sometimes we think that the Lord will call us if we hear a, a rumbling of thunder or tells us to, to write some Ten Commandments. But oftentimes it's another person. Was anybody like that for you? Um, not really. I um, was li- living a sinful life, um, not following the commandments, but still acting as a Catholic. And I think it took a tragedy in my life that um, I felt like um, I had a lot of um, upset in a relationship and I was I got severely depressed and after a relationship ended and I felt very uh, depressed and suicidal and at that time um, I went back to church and tried to find myself and I the only thing that gave me comfort was sitting in church and um, eventually I met a lady that kind of took me under her wings and kind of we went to a conference together and um, we kind of built a relationship and she could see, you know, I needed some help. I guess the Lord put it on her heart to help me. And well, um, We talked a little before uh, when, when you were going to church because it was the right thing to do as a Catholic. And, 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 and everybody understands that. We all have our ebbs and flows in our, in our relationship with Jesus. It's not that he draws back. It's always that we kind of get drawn back for it by the world. You had that going on when you had kind of a very difficult emotional period in your life. And, uh, but then this, this lady went to a conference with you. What, what made you go to a conference with somebody? I just, she was like so loving and kind and she just really invited me to go see um, a Catholic conference and I just felt called to be with her because I felt like more energy and more peace when I was with her. I didn't feel like those bad feelings of I just wanted to like, you know, stay at home and be depressed and think about my suicide thoughts. And so I just wanted to be with her and so that was kind of how it started. Well, if you don't mind me saying, it seems so, so, um um, so usual, the technique of, of the evil one, you know, to separate us, to not make us want to go out and do things, to cause any wound that we have, and there's a lot of wounds for, that we all carry, right, that we have in the world that the evil one says, aha, I'll make you think that you're the only one who ever suffered like this. I'll make you think that no one else can understand you. I'll make you think that no one else can ever help you, meaning Jesus can't either. Did you find yourself kind of in that spot? As you, as you, we talked a little bit, you were working at the time. And then after work, what did you do? So I just, um, during this period of uh, severe, profound depression, I usually would just sit at home and just be uh, secluded in my house and my parents would come up on the weekend to make sure that I was like okay and that I was eating and I just thought more and more about killing myself and I just wanted to end my life because I felt so miserable and I really didn't do it. I, I would go to work and I would try to attend daily mass when I could or stop by the church and just pray and I didn't really know just because I found peace there and um, I just found peace and so I kind of just um, started praying more during this uh, difficult time and um, some really good friends would always check on me and my parents and then um, Charlene um, helped me and she eventually invited me to a retreat in Christ Renews his parish called CHIRP. So you went to this conference? I went to the conference. That was pretty good for you. Yes, it okay. was amazing. Like okay. I started to really like, like um, 
reading more about God and learning more about God, but I wasn't really, you know, sold. It's kind of interesting that 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 uh, uh, even in that difficult spot that you found yourself, you also found an oasis in prayer and being in church. Right. And he was drawing you through other people to go to uh, go to a conference. It was Father Karapi's um, conference, and oh, okay. I just started. You know, I was really intrigued by what he was saying, and um, I don't know, I just started like being more interested in that. And then eventually she invited me to uh, the Christ Renews His Parish retreat, and she presented it as, you have to go, they need one more person. And I was like, I don't want to go, but she was like, you have to go. Well, wasn't that interesting how, how she played on, I know you, right? So I know <laughs> that you're, you want to help people and you want to be right. that person who comes through for other people and care for other people. So she said about the, about the perfect thing to get you to go, right? Yes, and I was, it was the night before, maybe a couple nights, I just worked really hard to like talk myself out of it. Like I worked really hard to see but I didn't want to disappoint her because she was so, being so kind to me and she had done a lot for me. And um, so I was like, okay, I'll just go. I can always leave. Um, but the devil was working on me not to go to the retreat. But God had other plans. Can you tell me about that? Because there's so many of us that, that have different opportunities. And, uh, or people will come to us and say, would you, would you go with me? Or, would you, would you, or, or I've got this great idea. Let's go to a, this, this spiritual conference or, or a concert. Or let's go do this prayer thing. And there's all kinds of opportunities, right? And, and isn't it our normal thing to say, well, I'll, I'll pray about that. Or, or I'll think about that. Or I'll consider that. And, and it's kind of, a, kind of a crack in the door to allow the evil one to come in and go, you should do anything else in the world but do that. Right. I mean, I didn't pray about it probably because I didn't really pray about things too much. I would go to church and just do the little booklet of prayers, but I just like, I didn't really, I just didn't want to disappoint her. And I was just like, I just was going to go and see how, you know, when I went to the, in the, when I first walked in the door, everybody was so kind and made you feel so welcome. I'm like, how can I be like, you know, not wanting to go to this retreat, everybody here is so loving and kind. I just, you know, I'll stay for a little bit and I'll stay the evening and see what happens. And I just felt so much love there that I, you know, I wanted to stay and see what it was about because I had never been to a retreat before. Well, I think that's lovely. And you know, you've talked about Christ renews his parish retreat. Uh, can you give me an idea? Is that like just for an evening or how does that go? So you, um, Friday afternoon and then you stay Saturday. And then the worst part is staying there in the retreat, for the retreat, but staying there in cots and you're filled, it's a whole room with like in the cafeteria filled with women sleeping on cots. And I was like, this has got to be awful, but it was the most fun thing because everybody's there in the same situation. You're getting to know everybody and their story. And it was just really fun. I didn't think I would enjoy it at all, but um, that retreat changed my life. So you, so let me let me think about this. If I heard you right, you go like on a Friday, yes. And there's there's some prayer and stuff on a Friday, and then there's conferences away on Saturday where people are are giving their stories and having the whole talk about how the Holy Spirit works. Is that how it goes? Yes. And then there's always breaks with they give you little treats, and they're always good, and you're just always learning. You're learning more about people's stories, and there I found other people that had had horrible stories and they made it through and they're on the other side of their story and they're just praising God for 
I just can't, as I'm sitting here, I got kind of some God bumps because I, <laughs> I, I, I can't help but think about that time, the evil one's howling. I mean, he is so disappointed because he had you separate. He had you in a place of isolation. Correct. I was very of, isolated. <laughs> because of this other person, Charlene, and because of the, the draw that God put on your heart to, to go to a conference and then go, go to a retreat. You know, there's so many of us, of us that go years and years without a retreat, and therefore we don't, we don't give a little yes to go yes. to something like that. You gave your little yes. It was my first retreat, and I oh, had really? no You've never been to a retreat before? No, I've oh, never been great. to a retreat, and it was my first one. So you and didn't I, start out like a two-hour retreat. You started out with the I, whole yeah, weekend. The whole weekend. Well, that's fantastic. You jumped and, in. Um, I jumped in feet first, yeah. <laughs> and I survived. So, so now I'm, now I'm if, 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 trying to refresh my memory from when we spoke briefly about this. You... You then on on a Saturday night. It's over on Sunday morning, I guess. On Saturday night, uh, uh, you were this retreat kind of brought you listening to people's stories. Kind of brought you more open to the Lord working in you. Yes. Is that part of your conversion? Yes. Okay, tell me about it. So on Saturday night, we went to the chapel and we had to read three gospel. They gave us three gospels, um, each one from a different. Um, I think Mark, Luke, and um, I can't remember, John, I don't remember, Ma oh, it was okay. Matthew. Okay. And um, you have to read about how um, Peter denied Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the first reading I was like, man, I was, you know, you're sitting there and you're journaling and you're sitting there and you're like, man, Peter, you were just not nice to Jesus. How could you do that? He was your best friend. And then I was like, I was kind of really mad at Peter. And then the next verse I was like, oh my gosh, I'm Peter. And then I was like, I can't believe that I'm Peter and God is showing me all that, you know, I'm just walking in the feet of Peter. I'm like, I am Peter. I have denied Christ through my sins. And you and, were thinking about the life that you, you had led right. before the breakup that you had. That right, my secular life home. that yeah. I was a cafeteria Catholic, and I picked and choose what I wanted to believe. Oh, okay, so that's like going through the line, right? <laughs> I go through the line, and I get with my smorgasbord of what I want to believe. Just, so I, just so I can get a little <laughs> hint, and this is, remember, I'm a deacon, so, so I can't absolve sins, and you've already had all your sins absolved. Yes, I don't need but, to tell you that. So, so when you, but, but when you went through there, was there, was there, was there what, what were you willing to pick, and what were you willing to, uh, didn't really want to pick up the Brussels sprouts, you know, what was the Brussels sprouts, no offense to people who like Brussels sprouts, but what was the Brussels sprouts of, 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 of your faith then? Um, I probably um, just not following, I um, just living a secular life and, you know, just not following God's commandments. I pretty much did a lot of them, so I didn't okay. follow a lot of the commandments, okay. so okay. Um, I just pick and chose what I wanted to believe. And kind of the rationalist Rationalization kind of kind of creeps in, doesn't right. it? Right. It's okay if I, and I'm just thinking to myself, it's it's okay if I don't go I to reconciliation. I think because if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you don't really see it as a big deal. Okay. Like, who are you really offending? Because there's not this person there that you have a relationship. So it doesn't really matter if, um, you know, I'm not friends with Christ. So I, you know, don't, does it matter? Because I don't have that relationship. And yet you were drawn to church. And I was, yes. I kept coming back to church. You know, you're baptized in Christ, and um, that's where your soul resides is in the relationship with Christ, but you don't really know what it is because you don't have a relationship. 
But you're drawn to it just because that's where your soul resides with Christ. Well, I'm really excited to hear the next part. You've got me uh, not quite on the edge <laughs> of my chair, but I'm certainly mm -hmm. leaning into it because I, because I see so much of my story in, in, in what's going on with, with you. You know, I see so much of, so many of our stories about when we're drawn away uh, by, by a trauma or a breakup or something like that. We're drawn away, but then it's almost like the Lord says, now I kind of got you where I want you, so long as you'll just say, give me a little yes. And now you've, right. now you've given a couple little yeses, right? Right, nothing, right. Nothing, you didn't have to go, you know, to the Tibetan mountain for, for six months. You didn't have to go, you know, uh, 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 whip yourself with change. You didn't have to do a lot of things to get there just to give you a little yes. So uh, let's take a break for a couple minutes and we'll come back because I want to know <laughs> what happens next. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, we're back, okay, and we're here uh, on St. Joseph's uh, Radio, St. Joseph Evangelization Network, and we're talking about the stones will cry out. And I, and I kind of got you to a spot, and I know you wanted to, to jump in. Uh, but I got you to the, to the edge here. You're at, you're at a retreat, Christ Renews His Parish. Uh, everything that had been off-putting about going, you decided to uh, put aside and just take that step. It wasn't a big one, but it was, a, it was an important one to go on this retreat with uh, Charlene. And Charlene got you there, but then the Lord did the rest. So, so now we're kind of on Saturday night. And I know we've gotten a little slow, but I, I, it, it helps me understand what was going on with you. And so you're already affected by some of the stories that were being told. Right. And so we did that. Um, we kind of talked about how we did the readings of the, in the chapel. And I really felt like I had um, betrayed Jesus just as Peter did. And we're walking over to the um, church to go to confession. And I had already made up my mind that I didn't need to go to confession, um, that I had just went the week before. And the priest um, was Father Fleming, and he gave me the Divine Mercy Novena and said it's the last kind of ditch novena for sinners. And I was like, okay, I really don't need to go. I just went last week. And I was walking over to the church, and I had the... So week that's not like... like a long distance is like a hundred yards. Yes, yeah. and I was walking over to the church, and I was like, I didn't know what was going on, but I saw the wheel of life of my life of all the sins that I committed to offend God, and I had it was like a movie playing, and I could see everything in my life that I had done to offend God, oh. and I was like, and I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know what was happening, and I went in the church, and I sat down, and I listened to Father Callahan talk about confession and. I just felt this profound, after he talked for like five minutes, I felt this profound sorrow that all the things I had done to offend God, and I was bawling like a crazy woman. Well, let me understand this a little better. As you're walking, as you're, as you're walking in the evening hours to go, just go to the church, and you said this was like, it was like a, a wheel of life, like a video? It was like a video of all my and, and sins. You're, you're awake, you're walking, but, I'm walking, but it's, yes. like, it's like it's played out in your heart? It, I could see it in my oh, mind. Oh, really? And um, I could see this wheel of all the profound things that I've done to in my secular life to offend God. And I know that people, that's kind of what they see when they, you know, see Christ and when they or you know when they die and they go to their judgment People with near death experiences <laughs> yes come back they go to their judgment yeah. and they see this uh, wheel of life of all the things they've done and I was like <clears throat> 
So I didn't know so what it was until I listening to the Wheel of Life was I, I'm sorry I can't help myself. It was there like music playing or, or was like no, it was the just Lord like, talking to you? There was just a silent movie going oh. in my head and I could see it and it was all the things that I it was like my sins. God was playing out all my sins of my life, you know, to show him how offensive that I was, my lifestyle was to his you know, to his commandments yeah, and so to his you're, love. You're willing to, to accept your your place with Peter. Yes. And the Lord said, well, if you want to know that much, if you want to know how you're like Peter, I'll show you. Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, I, wonder, was, I bet he did that with Peter, too. I, I, mean, I, don't I, didn't, know. I don't know if it's in the letters, you know, First Peter or anything like that. But I, I bet he did that with Peter, too. I bet Peter felt that way before he was with his compadres fishing and Jesus was on the shore and then right after their meal Jesus says do you love me Peter you know so do you love me Shelley do you right, love me Shelley right. okay yeah. so, so so you so you go into the church you listen to Monsignor talk about reconciliation you had no intention of going to reconciliation no I had no Who intention because I apart, thought right? I was sinless yeah. I had just went the week before sweet <laughs> but God struck me I, I call my conversion kind of like um Saul and Paul because my conversion was very lightning fast and just struck me like like the scales falling yes away, the huh? scales fell off it was like a, like a lightning bolt that hit me and it was forever changing so and I cried and cried probably about happened. three hours oh, really you're, I wailed you're, you're I wailed Saint, for about three hours in the church in Joseph church and and so how, what effect did it have on other people um I had a prayer partner. Mm -hmm. It was the church was all you could hear was me wailing. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty much it was embarrassing, but um, my chirp sisters were wonderful, and um, I was the first one into confession. And you, did I you, couldn't did talk. Did you body check anybody out of the way to get no, into? No, the they were like, "Oh, she needs some help. <laughs> <laughs> she needs spiritual help." <laughs> well, well, and and you were willing to accept it. Too, I was, huh? I was, huh? and Father Fleming was very gracious, and he was. Oh, as it turns out, it was the same priest that you had the, the week before. Priest, yes, okay. it was the same priest. So he must have been like this. Right? Yeah, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And so, so he was he was Christ. He, you were going to Christ. Yes, it was a very profound experience. It changed my life, and I never looked back. You know, I'm just so blessed that um, it's. I was there. I had my secular life, and now I try to live more of a life close to what God wants. Well, I'm sorry to say that it is true, though. I, I know people who have had a, a profound experience of a, a, a contact and presence of Christ in their life. P Christ is present in our life all the time. You know, right. We are gathered in his name here, and he's here with us today. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. But we don't always perceive him. We don't always accept him into our space. But you profoundly accepted him into your space, right? I did. And he didn't force his way in. No. You, you opened the door to the reconciliation, went in, opened the door to your heart to him after he had shown you what he wanted to do. He kind of ran amok with you a little bit there for a while. Right. And then you say I ch it changed how you interacted with Christ. So unlike other people who might have an experience and then, and then put it on the shelf. You didn't put it on the shelf. What happened next? So um, I spent the next several years going to conferences and reading books and just really finding out who Christ was and really reading about my faith. Um, and then I started, um, I'm now in prison ministry 
And I love prison ministry and God's mercy. God showed me mercy, so I have to show other people mercy. It took my family a little while to catch on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. um, my mom would always say, you're just not the same person. We don't know who you are. You're this faith-filled person that loves Jesus. What? And, well, and, and it, so didn't, the, it and wasn't then, a negative thing, though. It wasn't a negative thing, but they didn't really understand my love for God. And um, so uh, this summer, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I must hold you up just a second. And I really want to talk about your dad because we've spoken about him. Yes. Uh, but I want to get a little more context here, you know, because I heard about the Shelly who was, who was going to church. Praise uh. be to God, she was going to church. She found that to be an oasis. She goes to this, this retreat, and, it, and there's no magic about that the name of that retreat or what it is, but you encountered Christ through the Holy Spirit. And then what was Mass like for you after that, though? So I love going to Mass. It's one of my favorite things to do. Why and is I, that? Because I love getting the Eucharist because I feel that profound love of Jesus when well, I Well, you just told me a few minutes ago, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I just can't <laughs> believe it. You just told me a few minutes ago, you didn't really believe in Jesus Christ and the real presence of him in the Eucharist. I do now, it's and, very and was profound. That, was that, well, how long after this experience did you have that knowing? I that knew knowing? that instantly that it was there. I, right. And that's why I think I have such a connection to the Eucharist is because I know the presence of God is in there and I feel that profound love from when I had my conversion. I feel it almost every time I get the Eucharist. So I'm struck very powerfully by the fact that so many people think that they're so far away from Jesus that they can't come back. That he won't put them on, on he won't put himself into their lives. That, that they have to make their life as good as they can because, mm -hmm. because uh, the evil one has convinced them that they're, they've, they've gone so far that there's, no, there's a point of no return and they've long since passed it. But you didn't have you didn't have any of that. You didn't have to go to no. uh, you did. I'm sure the penance that Father Fleming gave you was not you know go go on your knees for 20 miles and you know on gravel or anything. Uh, he just wanted your heart. Yes, I mean that's all Jesus wants, and he's so merciful. He accepts anybody as long as he you know you just I mean just if you open your heart just a little bit of a crack and allow Jesus to work in it, he will. So, so you said almost immediately you, you, mass was, was different, right? It was profoundly different. And, and, and does that mean you were not spectating? No longer spectating. What does I it was, mean to be a participant for you? It means that I'm participating in heaven and earth and that I'm there with God and all the angels and I am there with my best friend, that I get to encounter him and he's a daily part of my life. That's fantastic. Well, what about what about you said you started you know reading more books and trying to find out more about Jesus? What was Scripture like for you after this? It took me a while to get into Scripture, but now I love reading Scripture and I love praying with Scripture, journaling with Scripture. But um, Scripture, since I've been to um, Israel and Jer Jerusalem, I feel like I'm part of like part of the story, and you don't really have to travel, have a pilgrimage, to but you just put your place next to Jesus, like, you know, instead of Mary Magdalene, you put yourself into the Bible story, and you're the person next to Jesus, and it's like that all, it's always like that if you just, you know, have Jesus as your friend. Your experience, uh, that profound experience, and Jesus bringing <coughs> you to that, does that, uh, and you're talking about scripture, does that change 
your image of, of the Blessed Mother at the foot of the cross? So it took me a while to get into Mary, um, but I love Mary, and only through Mary do we get closer to Jesus. Why, why do you say that? Because I, I'm, I'm really struck by, by many people who say, well, yeah, yeah, Mary's great. She was, she was, she was a vessel. You know, I she was, was like, like a that vase. for a long time. She was like a vase <laughs> carrying the flower of Jesus. And then, you know, he butted out and, you know, or whatever. He was released like out of a trap. And, and now he ran, ran in the world. But, but uh, that's not how you see Mary. No, Mary is part of our salvation. Like, God chose Mary to bring her son, his son to us for our salvation. And she's part of the plan. And if you don't think she's part of the plan, it took me a long time to get Mary. So what was, what was, the, what was kind of the, the, the drawback? Because so many, so many people I talk to go, I don't need to have any recourse to the Blessed Mother, and they, or they may just say Mary, uh, because I, I go right to Jesus. And, and I think that's wonderful. I mean, I think everybody should go right to Jesus. But, but why, why did it take you a while? What was the, what was the, the speed bump? Because I was like, I don't need Mary. I go right to Jesus, just like you said. But through my conversion, I mean, we continually have conversions every day of our life. And, you know, through, um, I love going to daily Mass. I love confession, and I love the Eucharist, but I love going to adoration. And through just spending time with Jesus, he is, you know, kind of explained, or I feel more connected to Mary, and that through Mary is, uh, she's part of our salvation, and only through her did Jesus come. And so you kind of go through Mary to get more graces that Jesus is going to give you. I couldn't help but think of just now as we're talking, you know, you're talking about that connection you had to Jesus and how he brought you to the reconciliation and how uh-huh. then the host and the Eucharist is all so uh, very alive for you now and the Mass is alive for you then. And then gently, if you don't mind me commenting on it, and you tell me if I'm off on this, if I'm hearing you right, gently Jesus opened up your heart to those areas that Mary could touch. Correct. And allowed, allowed Mary to have her work with you, not because Jesus couldn't, but because it's a gift he gave to the world to have Mary. Right. Mary he, is a gift, and we don't worship her. We just, you know, she was the mother of God. I mean, she's the mother of God. She's sinless, and uh, she is a gift because she's human, and she is our way to get closer to Jesus. We go through Mary to get closer to Jesus. And it took me a long time to accept that or to figure it out, but through the help of prayer, I've come to um, see that grace. That's super, That's mm-hmm. super duper. So, so um, uh, refresh my memory now. This is, this is back in like, 08, 09, somewhere? I think it was 09. Or when, when you had your the conversion. Yes, okay? yes. And then it's great that you've commented that you've had, uh, that every day is our chance to be converted yes. to Jesus. And yes. every day you turn yourself over so that he can do his thing. Yes, and I have found surrendering through my life challenges and through just... Um, I mentioned my dad had cancer, and that diagnosis was very profound for me because my dad is my rock. But um, you just surrender everything to God, and God will provide. 
and if you, you don't like the outcome, it's God's will. But when you surrender to God, it's just what the plan is, and it just gives you so much peace. Well, I want to hear, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about your dad because you're very close to your dad. Yes. And, 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 and uh, uh, that's wonderful that you're close to your parents. In fact, that was kind of the oasis where you went way back when you were having difficulty after that emotional challenge you had and your suicidal ideation. Uh, that, that's where you went. You went home to be with the folks for a while and you were kind of reclusing yourself with them on the weekends when you weren't working. But now that you're out and about, uh, and you said your your mom was kind of surprised because you know that's I I see a, the new Shelley. What happened to the old? Right. Old Where's Shelley? my daughter at? <laughs> yeah. And so your folks were your folks are, are practicing Catholics. But what did it mean for for you to be able to to walk with your dad uh, in his cancer? So um, I you know talked a lot. I just my parents always saw that my faith was very important to me. And one day I was just sitting at the kitchen table with my dad and I'm like, and he got this diagnosis of cancer and we didn't know how, if it was going to be terminal cancer, we just didn't have a lot of answers and there was a lot of, you know, what ifs. And so one day I just sat at the table and I said, dad, the only thing in my life that gives me peace is going to daily mass and praying the rosary. And so, and he was pretty upset about his cancer diagnosis. And so he's like, and I said, it will give you profound peace. And um, so he texted me the next day and he's like, I had already gone home and he's like, Shelly, I went to daily mass. And, and then the next day he would text me, he's like, Shelly, I went to daily mass. And I was just shocked because I'm like, I'm seeing this conversion in my dad. And then um, he had a, a surgery and praise be to God, we got really good news that he's now cancer free and he did not have neck cancer, he just had oral cancer. And with the surgical intervention, he has to, doesn't have to have chemotherapy or radiation. Oh, praise be to God for I that. I know. Yeah. And, but through the, I've also seen a conversion with my mom. She's just like, you know, I just can't believe the, the response of prayers and people offering up masses and all the people that prayed for it. And she felt the presence of the prayer. And she surrendered. I gave her the surrender novena. And she's like, Shelly, I don't know what happened, but like on day six, all my fear and all my anxiety was gone, and I know it was Jesus. And so I've seen this like profound like flip of my parents that they are more into praying and a relationship with God and really more just aware of what their faith can do for them. Well, and my sister too. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I, I sit here and I, if you don't mind me just commenting on what you talked about, you know, the Jesus knew he wanted you to have a conversion, but you had to accept it, right? Yes. And Jesus knew he wanted the mass to come alive in, in, for you and with you and in you, but you had to accept it. You had to say, okay, you know, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll go that way. Jesus wanted you to, to start finding out more about him by reading and getting into the gospel, and you said, okay. And Jesus wanted you to know about about Mary, so that, so you could see the the mother's love that she showered on Jesus, and she could shower that on you, and all that you could you you couldn't see, but he could see where your faith was going to bring your folks along. I know. Right? I feel like my conversion is like helped for the salvation of my family, and so and I use my faith every day um, in my work too. I just, um, I'm always, I work with high-risk cardiology patients, people that are very sick, 
either they get uh, you know a heart pump or they get a heart transplant or they die and so there's a lot of decisions and there's a lot of conversations about palliative care and like where their health is going and they'll probably die six months to a year and so I do you know if I see somebody with a miraculous medal or a rosary on there I'll talk to them about their faith um, I always pray over them when I'm listening to their heart tones I say a little prayer um, I don't tell them I'm praying over them but I do just for their you know just for their to have better, you know, connection with God. And you're connected to Jesus when you do that. You know, yes. when, you, when, you, when you prayed for your dad and you saw this conversion, your dad, and I, and I hope that's continued. You know, I, I hope he's yeah, still... Yes, so he texted me just a couple days ago, said he went to daily mass, and it continues. Uh, and he plays the rosary every day with the, the video. He prays it, um, you know, so he's getting connected with God. And I think because of my conversion, he's seeing the light of God, like what God really is. So what would you tell somebody uh, that um, about your life now compared to your life before? If you, if you just, it's kind of like a kerygma thing, but if you, if you just had like, uh, you know, 60 seconds. So my life was an, a roller coaster before I had my conversion, and my life with Jesus is pretty much peaceful, and I feel inter interior joy and I just surrender my day every day to Christ. And it's been a journey that I would never trade for anything. And um, I just feel so much love for Christ and that he saved me from my sinful ways. I'm still a sinner, but <laughs> I'm not the cafeteria Catholic anymore. So uh, uh, yeah, let's kind of, I want to finish with that smorgasbord a little bit, you know. Okay. That, that smorgasbord of, of uh, you know, I thought that, uh, You've already talked about the real presence. And Jesus has, Jesus has allowed you to, to have that intimate relationship with him in the Eucharist, to know his real presence, to have that knowing. I yes. think that's wonderful. Was there, was there anything else that he kind of, that he surprised you by opening your eyes to when you were kind of more like uh, picking and choosing and, and there was things in the Catholic Church you weren't too excited about doing? I'll just share with you one of my big ones years ago was reconciliation, but, but what, what was yours? Um, I think I was, well, I, I really love the sacraments, and they're just the way for us to, you know, a way for us to get closer to God. And um, I think I do love, I never thought I would love going to confession, but I do. It's like a spiritual healing, and it's a way for God to, like, just show us mercy so we can show other people mercy. That's fantastic. So. Well, I certainly want to thank you for joining me today. And, and, and I feel like the, the, that, that we don't need to have the stones cry out, that, that you're willing to go out and tell other people about this. And I'm so glad you shared it with me. I didn't know your, know mm -hmm. your story before we talked last week when, I, when you were highlighted to me that, the, that you might want to share this. And uh, has it made you more readily, uh, more, more eager to, uh, to talk to people uh, to readily share your story because of what Christ is doing with you? I think Christ does not give you a conversion. I mean, you think it's for yourself, but after you realize, you know, it's really for you to share Christ's love with other people, and I think that's why I have shared it many times in retreats. Um, con uh, my conversion story, I've shared it. I do prison ministry, and um, most of the prisoners are just screaming to be loved 
you know, um, they just want to feel the love of God. And I share whatever I have with other people because it's God wants us, you know, love him and love our neighbors. And but as an act of love, the charity of his love, we need to spread it to other people. And that's, you know, what God wants us is just about loving other people and sharing God's love. Well, I don't. I, I've been I've been to prison because I'm a lawyer, a defense lawyer. But 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 wasn't that a little scary there? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of ministries people might be might be less apprehensive of doing St. Vincent de Paul, the Legion of Mary, uh, ministry of the homebound with the Holy Eucharist. And Shelley, my dear sweet friend Shelley, is going into prisons. Okay, so what what caused you to want to be in a prison? Um. I met somebody that did prison ministry. I don't know, it just intrigued me, but it is a little scary. Um, my first time I was scared, but I wear this ring and it's uh, God is always holding my heart and God will always be with me, whatever I do, if I'm doing it in his name and his, but um, it is a little, but they're just people that have made wrong decisions and it could have been me in my secular life that had made a wrong decision or didn't have someone to love me, to guide me, and a lot of people that are in prison didn't have people to guide them and love them and show them, like, what life, you know, the right ways. Well, tell me about this ring. How does the ring have some effect on you? It just shows me that God is always holding my heart. I'm, oh, there's, it's like a heart to it? Yes. Oh, so okay. it's, it's just, it reminds me God is always holding my heart no matter if I'm doing his work. So when you're anxious, maybe you, you, you put one hand on that ring? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just, uh, prison ministry is very, I love it, but occasionally I do. When I first started, I was a little afraid. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> but sure. It's but, good. but yet, I, I, I think this is fantastic to, to, to talk about, too, because you gave yourself over, and you've said surrender here, you gave yourself over to let Jesus work in you. Yes. You give yourself, when you go into a, a, a lockdown facility with people who have, who have, who have crossed the line and did, done some things that many of us can't comprehend in our lives. Right. Uh, even though we think we, we might, have been, <laughs> might have done something, we just can't bring ourselves to think that we might have done what they did. Right. Which is a very judgmental and a very poor place to be. But we, we, we have some anxiety in that. But Jesus said, come with me to this, right? Right. I'm putting on my heart to tell the story that I was... And I know I was sitting um, at a table and I asked this older man what, you know, we're at the retreat and um, um, it touched my heart a lot. So I guess maybe I'm supposed to sit, tell this, but. Um, so he, give me a little context. Where was this? So this is at the um, Residence Encounter Christ retreat and this older man is sitting next to In the to prison? Me. Yes. In the, you're in the prison and they have a little retreat. Yes, okay, it's okay, our so three-day retreat in Okay, the prison. you're there helping out. So, yeah, and so we're just casually talking, and I asked this older man in the 70s um, what, um, what he did as a profession, and it took him for a while, but he told me, and eventually he said he was a priest. And I just, like, my heart sunk. I'm like an inmate that's a priest, and I just... I didn't know what to, I'm like, Jesus, what do I do? And so I continued to talk to him, and, and um, I just felt this overwhelming, like, sorrow and judgment 
in my heart. And so we have this where we go, the feet washing, and the prisoners have to wash each other's feet. Oh. At the second uh, Saturday, um, the prisoners have to wash their feet, each other's feet. And the women, we can't touch the prisoners, um, but the other um, males uh, touch, you know, wash each other's feet. So I'm sitting there, and I'm just profoundly sad, and I have the gift of tears, of uh, praying with tears. So no one can really see me, but my whole face is just full of tears because I don't know. This is the Holy Spirit. Yes, and I don't know what to do because this man just told me he's a priest and he's here in prison, and I'm like, I knew why he was there in prison. And um, I just, and then Jesus, like, during the feet washing, I was just told by the Holy Spirit, you have to be merciful to everyone, and, you know, you have to show, show mercy to everyone, and he's doing good work in here, but just do not judge him and just love him, you know, because, and after that, I was just like, because I get something probably more out of the retreat than I, you know, it's just when you go to prison ministry, you get so much in return. Well, it seems like everyone I've talked to, whatever mission uh, that they've been called to do, and mission seems like a big word, but it could just be extending their heart to someone else, that they always say the same thing you just said. I always get more out of it mm-hmm. than what I think the other person's getting out of it. Right. And, I, and when I tell my story, I, I become closer to Christ by telling it. Right. I've shared my suicide ideations and my uh, attempt with uh, my last talk that I gave in the prisoners was about trust. And I had so many people come up and tell me their suicide attempts and their their um, like how they contemplated suicide or how they tried it three times and each time it was a failure because you know just something some little quirk didn't work and they knew it was God's intervention and it just really opens up when you just want to share about your love for Christ. Isn't it great that we don't know now but someday we will know if your talk affected someone else that kept them thinking there's hope for me too. Yes. You know, you started our conversation today, and, and, and I think maybe we'll end with that, is that you talked about hope. And, and so, so just in whatever time you want to spend, if, if, if I said to you, Shelly, I, I, I know Jesus, but I, I, I don't have hope, what would you say to me? I just think if you just ask God, like, to pray for what you don't know or don't understand, God will eventually show you and um, and always know that, you know, listen to your inner heart and your feelings because St. Ignatius is always talking about pay attention to how you feel. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. You're Let's welcome. end in prayer, Thank shall you. we? Yes. In the name of the Father, Father the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, we praise you for the great love that you have for the whole world. We thank you so much for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of our hearts, the gift of our life. We praise you for what you've done in Shelley's life, and we ask for more of the Holy Spirit in her life, and for the Holy Spirit in those that have listened to her story, so they know that God loves them profoundly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Uh